Chris, I've got some news for you. We are packing up the Big Leagues 2 podcast. We are moving it to L.A. It's, uh, it's what everyone's doing these days. How quickly do we need a new logo? Because you give me 30 seconds and I'll come up with something me, that everybody hates. I, I want a logo right now with a lightning bolt in it. Do that. All right. We can do it. <laughs> BLS with a lightning bolt. <laughs> this is the StuPod, the Yahoo Sports baseball podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Swick. And uh, we're making fun of the San Diego Chargers, of course, and their logo that everyone on the internet seems to hate today. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit on, on, the, on, the, on the blog today about the Padres now are the only team left down there. And, I mean, they're hardly even a pro team, right? Like, is, yep. is, is Will Myers, like, sort of the last, the last great San Diego athlete right now? Like, is that That's it? pretty mean. Pretty mean of you to say. But... I don't think it's unwarranted. Uh, not, not a lot going on in San Diego, man. No, when we did the uh, we did a, a, a big league stew draft at the beginning of the offseason, picking teams most likely to win the World Series last year, and the Padres were the last team. Yeah. So they okay. they lasted the longest, and of course that was my pick. So I had to write about how uh, I tried to make it a positive. They, they, they've, they've signed a lot of international players this year that, that you know, could be good in five years. At, at the time we did that that uh, draft on the site, I, I think I wrote that I, I didn't think they were the worst team in the majors, and I've just I've done a complete 180 on that because <laughs> you look at that roster and it is rough. Well, you had, to def- you had to defend your pick there. That's why, too. It, it's Will Myers and then like 17 guys I've never heard of, and then I don't even know what the extra – Guys are like, yeah, no, it's it's not good. I, I don't even know what you. We're would call we're, we're going to turn people off if we talk about the Padres for this long. True, so we, we have to stop doing that. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. We uh, have a good show lined up for you. We have Dansby Swanson of the Atlanta Braves joining us. A uh, name that, if you do not know, you, I think this year you are definitely going to learn it. Former number one pick, uh, was in a pretty high profile trade from the Diamondbacks to the Braves. Uh, recently, just this week, was announced as an ambassador for New Era, so we're going to talk to him about a bunch of that stuff. But he's uh, already making a name for himself after just a little bit of time in the big leagues, and as you'll learn from our interview, I think a pretty cool guy. Like He was uh, he was fun, funny, interesting dude. Uh, and we're talking to our, my buddy Bad News Ramen. We're going through the Hall of Fame ballot with him, which is something we did last year that was pretty fun because uh, we just kind of quip about the players and stuff. And uh, over on Big Leagues, do we've been doing all the serious analysis, so uh, you can you can read all those things, and I think we might we might revisit that next week on the podcast. Um, but I think Chris, you wanted to talk about Manny Ramirez, I think specifically. I did. So I think we'll we'll do that in the podcast too. So lot, lots of cool stuff coming up uh, on the show this week, and of course you get to hang out with me and Chris, which I think is always a bonus. But um, right now, let, let's kick it over to our interview with Dansby Swanson, who had a lot to say about uh, the future of the Braves about how he's kind of handled, uh, you know, becoming the, the face of the franchise uh, for the team he grew up rooting for. And uh, he talked a lot about uh, Atlanta hip-hop, and uh, he even made a Harry Potter reference, which I know Chris He did. Liked. Yeah, he did. So here it is. This is the Stew Pot on Yahoo Sports. Hey everybody, we are back on the Stew Pod. It is our pleasure today to be joined by one of the newest uh, ambassadors for New Era Caps, Dansby Swanson of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he was announced this week as uh, one of their new ambassadors along with Noah Syndergaard, Jose Altuve, Mookie Betts, and Corey Seager. Uh, some impressive names on that list. And uh, Dansby, I guess first of all, congratulations. And uh, how's it going today? Uh, well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, today's been a good day as most of them are when they're spent in Nashville, so um, yeah, life's pretty good in Nashville, so I can't complain. So tell us when you found out that you were going to be a, a New Era ambassador. Kind of how did that happen and how did it resonate with you? Uh, I mean, it was kind of crazy just because, I mean, you think about the prestige brand that um, New Era has and, you know, the impact that they've had on, you know, not only baseball, but just uh, the NFL and a lot of different sports and, you know, in the fashion industry and just everything. I mean, it was it was a sweet moment, especially I was thinking about back to my childhood when, you know, wearing a New Era hat was, was like the cool thing to do because that's what major leaguers wore and, 
Um, they always, you know, had the official half of each team, and you wanted to try and collect as many hats as you could. So it's kind of symbolism for me wanting to reach my dreams of, you know, playing in the MLB one day. Was it kind of a surreal moment for you? Because you look at some of the guys that uh, have also been named ambassadors, and you got Buster Posey in there, and Bryce Harper, and um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay anything you've done, obviously, but uh, you've been in, you've played 38 games in the majors. So is there a part of you that was like, whoa, I'm, I'm already, I'm already uh, in the same place as some of these huge names? Uh, I mean, it was just a tremendous honor, you know, being, being able to be recognized with, with, with those group of guys. I mean, they're not only uh, great players, but, but great people as well. And whenever you can surround yourself with that kind of company, you know, it means a lot. And, um, you know, I'm just extremely grateful for everything that I've been given in life and, you know, what I'm able to do with it and, you know, try and impact others. And, uh, this is just an opportunity that, uh, presented itself that is something you really can't pass up on. Like I said earlier, just, you know, the prestigious brand and what it stands for and the good people that work at New Era. And, uh, like you said, being able to be mentioned with some of the other great people in the game, it's, uh, definitely a humbling experience. I want to rewind a little bit to when you uh, got traded to the Braves, which you know, wasn't you know just recently, but I think it's an interesting story. And, and for all of us, you know, who watch baseball, it's kind of a shock that that the Diamondbacks traded you. Um, what was it like for you, like when when you found out? Uh, well, I was actually out to dinner with um, with some people, and it was it was a weird moment, just because I mean, being traded is is a, is a weird feeling, whether you're going to a great fit or not. It's just it's a weird feeling, game trade from one team to another. So I, you know, I didn't really know what to think in the beginning. I didn't know whether I was supposed to be mad or happy or how I should feel. So gave myself like a week and a half to kind of digest it all and, you know, not make an emotional decision on, on what happened. And, you know, it paid out or it ended up paying dividends for me because I was able to look at it from, you know, an opportunity standpoint instead of, uh, you know, the emotions behind it. And, you know, did I really want to go home? You know, all those kinds of things play a factor, but, no, I couldn't be happier to be where I am now. Uh, Atlanta helped raise me to be who I am now, and being able to give back to the community in that sense is uh, is a special moment. So, very, very grateful to be you know part of the Braves organization. Um, you know they they've been very successful over the years, and I mean hopefully we can carry that tradition on for years to come. Well, Dansby, as you, as you mentioned, uh, going back home, you know uh, people people may not know that you grew up in Georgia, so you're obviously very familiar with the Braves. And you kind of hinted at this with your with your last answer, but you know, was there kind of a hope to one day play for the Braves, or was there a little bit of, um, you know, just the pressure of, of being at home? You know, what, what's that what's that situation like for a guy who grew up there and then is suddenly playing for his hometown team? Well, I think you know every kid they they dream of playing the the team that they that they grew up watching and rooting for. Uh, because I mean, those are those are the ones that you draw that you know emotional connection with. You know, watching the teams won the 14 straight uh, division titles and, you know, having the success, the success that they had over the years and just saying, you know, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a special team and organization and, um, you know, be able to influence the people around, around you. So going back home has, has been awesome. You know, I'm very thankful that the Braves are giving me this opportunity and, uh, you know, there, I guess you could say there's pressure that comes with it, but, um, you know, what I've learned over the years is how to control uh, what you can control and, and do the best that you can. And there's only two things you can really ask for. If you're doing, if you're taking care of those things, then everything else will take care of itself. So that's kind of the, the mindset that I've taken into it, and it's worked out so far. So we'll try and continue to do that. So when I think of the Braves, I probably think of a different Braves than you because you're, you're 22, right? So I'm curious. You know what? What? What are the Braves memories you have that stand out the fondest? Like, who are the players you liked coming up? Um, tell, tell us sort of your your era of Braves fandom. Uh, well, you know it's funny. So my favorite player actually didn't play for the Braves. Um, it was Nomar Garcia Parr when he played for the Red Sox. So I just I was just drawn to how he played the game, and um, and so he was my favorite player. But the thing that stood out to me was just the Braves team and, and the culture that that, that they created. The the winning habits, um, you know, the the highly competitive spirit, I guess, you know, year in and year out. It wasn't necessarily a question if they were going to win that year. It was how many games they were going to win that year. You know, were they going to be able to surpass however, however many they won the year before? Um, you know, you just expected them to be good every year. And, and that was something that I always took with me was just being a part of a team and trying to create 
um, you know, that, that winning culture uh, wherever I went, whether that was in high school or at Vanderbilt and now, you know, again for the Atlanta Braves. So I was, I was just really drawn to the, to the success of the team and how that impacted everyone else around the community. Uh, you know, Dansby, when you were growing up, it was a pretty good era for shortstops. You'd mentioned Garcia Parra, but, you know, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, all those guys. Um, you know, what, I guess, you know, what did you take away from, from their games, or were there other players besides Garcia Parra that, uh, you know, you looked up to growing up uh, in, in that era? Um, well, obviously, like, I grew up in the era of the A-Rod Jeter and Garcia Parra. You know, that was like the, the trio of shortstops that were taking over the game. And I actually had this video called Superstar Shortstops when I was a kid that highlighted all the great shortstops of all time. And I learned a lot from that movie. It was a VHS. It was like an hour and 20 minutes long. And it was just a bunch of highlights and them talking. And uh, I used to watch it almost every day as a kid. And, uh, you know, you can take bits and pieces from everyone. And uh, they would focus on like Ray Ordonez and Omar Vizquel and, Louis Aparicio, and I mean, they go far as far back as like Hans Wagner and Phil Rizzuto and a lot of those guys. So you're just able to learn so much from, from guys like that. And you see the impact like Ernie Banks had on Chicago and, uh, and all the great shortstops over time and what they meant to their team and what, the, and what they meant to their city. So being able to see that and kind of see that shortstops, um, you know, how I grew up with the shortstop was you know, kind of like the captain of the team that they carried themselves in a manner that they try and lead people, uh, to victory and everything like that. So that's just something that I grew up with and I grew up enjoying being a part of. And, you know, luckily I'm, I've been able to push horse on my whole life and hopefully that trend will continue. So now you're the, you're the centerpiece of the future for the Atlanta Braves. And that, that's me saying that. I'm not saying you're saying that, but uh, that's how a lot of people view you. How do you, how do you deal with that when you, when you kind of like reconcile that idea? Like, all right, they, they brought me in here to be, you know, the guy that's going to lead this team for the next decade or so. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I got to feel there's some kind of pressure, but some kind of pride. Like, like, how do you, how do you deal with that idea? Right. I think, um, tell what I mentioned earlier, just being able to learn how to control what you can control. Um, you know, there's, there's the internal beliefs that you believe about yourself and then there's the external ones and the ones that truly matter are what you think and what you feel and what you think will work and what, and what won't work. Um, those are, are those things I've had to learn a lot about because, like you said, I mean, people talk, there's always, you know, outside chatter going on and being able to just focus on, uh, the team and how you can fit your role inside that team, uh, is probably the best thing that you can do because it, you know, benefits everyone and not just one person. How is it from like perspective of people that you grew up with or, or, you know, your people in your family, your cousins, like, you know, the kids you played baseball with, how did, how did they look at it now? And you're like, dude, you, you, you play for the Braves. Like you're the shortstop for the Braves. Uh, it's kind of funny. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm still best friends with, with my friends I grew up in high school with and, and kids I went to school with, um, still very, very close to, and they just think it's funny to be honest. They always just give me a hard time about it and, you know, keep me, keep me down to earth about it all. And, uh, so that, that, you know, it's nice to be able to be surrounded by good people um, that keep you grounded and keep you true to who you've always been and what's made you successful and, and you know, in years past and how to how to continue to be that person, whether, you know, the fame or whatever you want to call it comes, you're able to still be the same person that got you to where you are. And that was probably the biggest confidence booster from this past year was knowing that how I've always operated and how I act and all that, all that kind of thing truly does work and it matters and um you know it can work at whatever level if you continue to strive towards it well obviously hard work has, has paid off for you um you know you're the first pick in the draft and people expected big things and you succeed in the minors and then you know you get to the majors and it, it's more of the same and a lot of guys struggle when they get to that level so you know what what was it about you how, how were you able to adjust so quickly to, to major league pitching uh, well, I mean, surrounded by good people, first of all. I mean, there's a lot of good veterans on our team. Uh, you know, you got Freddie and Matt and Marcakis and even NCRT and just a lot of good people that help you and, and guide you and mentor you to be able to stay on track. You know, we've got a really good coaching staff that um, helps you learn and grow and, and evolve to be the player that you need to be. And so when you're surrounded by people like that, 
they make the transition a lot easier. And, and they're not trying to change who you are or change what you do. They're just trying to help you do what you do better. And so that, that was just kind of the biggest thing was going in there and, and I understand that if I just do what I've always done, that I got a chance to succeed and you know, it, it ended up paying off. So um, just trying to continue more of that and listen to the older guys and they have advice for you and, and, you know, learn from things that maybe that they uh, didn't do as early, uh, didn't do well early in their career. And they're trying to teach you how to avoid those bumps and obstacles. And, you know, when you, they've obviously been through it. So when you listen to what they have to say, then um, they can take you a long ways. Uh, we had mentioned the the trio of shortstops who were big when you were coming up. You know, one of the biggest stories of the last season or two has been um, kind of that reemergence at the position. You've got Carlos Correa and Francisco Lindor and Corey Seager, and I could probably go on and on. There's like a million guys. And so now, uh, you know, you've got Dansby Swanson in there. Um, you know, where do you kind of see yourself fitting in with, with that with that new uh, explosion at the position? I think it's great for the game. I mean, whenever you can um, have a lot of young talent, but also at a certain position, you know, it creates that that friendly competition, and it uh, just kind of shows you the importance of, of the position. And, you know, I, I think it's cool that there's so many great shortstops in the game these days that you can learn from and that you can always pick their brain and that they're good people too, which is probably the most important thing is that, you know, they may be great baseball players, but they're also good people. And, you know, that stands out with, with this group um, of guys. And that's just very symbolic of, of where our game's transitioning to, which is, which is awesome to be a part of. Or not only be a part of, but but to see. So, how has this off season been different for you than the previous ones? Obviously, there's got to be some you know very basic stuff like you weren't getting endorsement deals last year. But um, aside from that, like is it is it uh, is it different, or do you try to kind of stick to what you've known in the past? Well, um, it's only my second true off season in pro ball. Um, there's always distractions. I mean, there always will be. Uh, so it's just learn how to handle those. And the biggest thing is finding out what works best for you and being able to do it and stick to that routine. Um, I'm a very routine oriented person. So, uh, I try and, you know, schedule and plan everything around what I need to take care of on a daily basis. And that's probably, I guess, maybe the biggest challenge so far has just been, uh, learning how to plan things out and stay on top of your time management and understanding that, you know, I have a job that I have to take care of. And that comes first before any of the uh, extracurricular stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's been a smooth transition. Like I said, you know, i got good people around me that uh, help me stay on top of things like that too. So um, this off season has been a little bit different, like you said, just because of the different endorsement type stuff. But, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people that I've worked with are, are very understanding of, of time commitment and the, um, you know, that being on a routine is important to me, so they're willing to help me stay on top of it. Uh, so, Dansby, you're set up, obviously, here to, to open the, the season as the Braves' full-time starter at shortstop, and it'd be your full, first full season in the majors. Uh, and I'm just wondering, what's a, what would a successful 2017 season look like for you? Uh, I kind of think of success a little bit differently than, I don't say the most people, but it's not statistically based. Um, you know, it's about growing to be who you believe you're meant to be. It's about um, growing in relationships with other people, especially your teammates. It's about uh, basically creating those those lasting memories. And I think that the people, the teams and people that take care of that end up being the most successful. I mean, you look at Chicago Cubs from this past year, what solid of a team they were, not only from talent-wise, but just the guys that they have on their team um, were able to create, you know, good atmosphere to be in and, uh, to really rely on one another and create that brotherhood, I think that that's that would be the most successful thing in my mind is if we were able to create, um, you know, that winning culture and the attitude that uh, you know we can compete at any level and and do it together. Hey, Dancy, one thing we'd like to do on the on the show with people with players is hit you with a bunch of rapid fire questions. Um, so we're gonna hit you with a bunch of those. And seriously, just you don't gotta explain really. Just just get into your answer, um, and and we'll, we might. We might we might have some discussion with you depending on what you pick on some of them, but we'll see. What's your what's your favorite place to eat on the road? Favorite place to eat on the road. Um, wow, 
I know your, your sample bug. size is kind of limited here because you haven't enjoyed yeah, it's, like a full it's, season. It's very limited. Well, and it's a little bit different too because when you know when you travel places and um, you know you get in late, so you're not able to go to a nice dinner or anything. Um, we went to a steakhouse out in Arizona that was really good. Jeff Francoeur took some of the guys to it, and um, it was really good. I can't even remember the name of it, but <laughs> oh, Lord, I can't even think of any of the places I ate at. Brunch kind of becomes like the the go to because. You know, when you wake up, you can go grab a nice little breakfast, lunch uh, before going over to the field. So, you know, I, maybe I can just call a rain check on that answer. But there's <laughs> there's a lot of good places, especially being in you know when you're in a big city, there's there's tons of restaurants that you could eat at. Yeah, all good, man. Uh, what what about you know favorite song? What what are you listening to right now? Uh, well, growing up in Atlanta, I'm a huge hip hop fan. Um, I really love the Weekends' new album. It's really, really, really good. Uh, been on J. Cole kick. Um, my all-time favorite is Ludacris. It's just how I grew up listening to rap music when I was a little kid because he was like, you know, Southern hip-hop. He was the most popular one. Uh, but, yeah, J. Cole in, in the weekend right now. Um, I like Bryson Tiller a lot, too. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say those are, those are my go-tos right now. Um, like I've always been a big fan and supporter, you know, Southern hip hop, so I'm you know big into Jeezy and and Ludacris and Ti and and people like that. So no Outcast, uh, man, you're gonna you're gonna hurt my feelings. Oh, oh yeah, I mean Outcast <laughs> is, is the classic. I mean Outcast at any point in the day can brighten your mood. Right. So okay, good. Uh, yeah, good old Andre 3000, big boy. They're they're always up there. Andre 3000, my favorite rapper of all time. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's yeah, good. Yeah. What uh what what show are you binge watching, or have you recently binge watched? Oh, I just finished binge watching Entourage, and that by far is the greatest show of all time. <laughs> uh, so good, so good. Uh, you just get so emotionally invested in all the characters. Um, yeah, I wish I wish that they'd come out with more seasons, but uh, it doesn't look very likely. Uh, me and my roommate just finished watching the first season of Designated Survivor, and that was very intense. Um, yeah, I like that. And so that yeah, that that was kind of our show, and then. I just started Limitless on Netflix, and it's interesting right now. So I'm like three episodes in, and it's pretty good. Uh, what about movies? Uh, you know, what's what's the best one you've seen recently? Recently, probably The Accountant. Okay. Uh, with Ben Affleck, yeah, Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick. Uh, really, really, really good. A lot of neat ties um, in that movie, and very action packed and intense. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Remember the Titans. Pretty much can quote every line from that movie. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, and I've always been a big fan of Harry Potter too. So, uh-oh. uh oh, now you're speaking right up, Chris's yeah. language. Yeah, that's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Harry Potter. So, what was your uh, what was your prized baseball card as a kid? Say that again. What was your prized baseball card that you owned as a kid? Uh, you know, it's funny. So, me and my grandfather always used to go to the mall with him when I was a kid, like during the summer when I didn't have school. And when he'd get exercise, like walk around the mall with a couple of his friends, I would go. And every time we'd stop, uh, like in one of like the little sports memorabilia shops, and we'd pick out a few baseball cards. Um, it's probably a Nomar card that I have in a binder at home somewhere, but it's definitely going to be with him. I don't know if you're a big video game guy, but uh, if you are, do you have a favorite baseball video game? I'm big into MLB The Show. Uh, that's probably my favorite baseball game. My favorite game in general is Rocket League. Uh, me and my roommate pretty much played every day, and uh, we're a pretty good dynamic duo. That's what I have to say. <laughs> I'm I'm sad that you didn't you, you didn't get to enjoy the era of like 80s and 90s baseball video games, man. You guys, well, all the well, young guys, you only got like two games to pick from. That's not true. Uh, when I was a kid, <laughs> on the on the original Nintendo, I played RBI baseball. There you yeah. go. That was my go-to growing go. up. Like go. Dennis Eckersley when he was like the grossest pitcher on that game. Uh, and it's, then and then I grew up playing a lot of King Griffey Jr. baseball. On oh, the that, 64. That's, that's the, the one, man. That's the one. Oh, yeah. That's that's the classic. Uh, yeah, I love that game a lot. So, I mean, there's been a, there's been a good evolution of baseball games, that's for sure. It's, it's more that when I was a kid, we had like – 12 different games to pick from, you know, all the time. It seems like now there's only a couple, but uh, this is this is a very important question here. What is the greatest baseball movie of all time? Greatest baseball movie. Um, 
I'd have to say the Sandlot. Okay, that, that's uh, an acceptable answer. Yeah, I think that one. And, you know, my favorite, like, cheesy movie would probably be Rookie of the Year. You know, with Henry Rowan Gardner and when yeah, he yep. breaks his arm and he comes back yeah. going, like, 110 as a 12-year-old. That was always cool. Because when I was little, it was like, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I can play the big leagues on, like, 12, you know. And <laughs> uh, just kind of, like, helped almost enhance that dream uh, of playing in the major leagues. It only took 10 more years, man, but you got it. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. I'm such a slacker. <laughs> well, this is probably the most important question. Uh, do you consider a hot dog to be a sandwich? No. That's a, I, a, I hot think that's a, hot, a hot dog's a hot dog. A hot yeah. dog's a hot dog, and a burger's a burger. Sandwiches are, you know, with mayonnaise and turkey and cheese, or... Yeah, even like a Philly cheesesteak, you can consider a sandwich. This is this is the correct answer, Dansby. I yeah, think I that the, the Braves have chose wisely. New Era has chose wisely. You, you have <laughs> I'm, answered I'm all glad I can provide some good insight on that. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have answered everything well. Congratulations. And, and thank you for, for joining us, man. We wish you all the best in, in 2017. And uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Welcome back to the Stew Pod. It's me, Mike Oz, with my good friend, Bad Moon Bowman. And uh, we're not going to do three strikes today. We're going to do something that I think even predates three strikes. Uh, this, is a, this is a long-standing tradition that we started last year. We're going to go through the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, there we go. Let's do it. Let's you, do it. I, I was I was kind of hurt. You know, I didn't get a call last week, but, you know, this, this makes up for it. So there we go. Well, I don't want to get... You, you don't need to give me the reasons why. I don't want to okay. get too inside, but we basically just threw, threw together the show at the last minute. And I didn't have time <laughs> it, to call you. It, it didn't sound that way, man. It, oh, it sounded you. professional. How that? Did you like how I said this is a long-standing tradition that we started last year? Yeah, I said very yeah. long. You know, you gotta you gotta open out your ears, clean out your ears a little bit, <laughs> my man. You know. <laughs> so what we do, we're just gonna go through the ballot person by person. We're not gonna necessarily spend a ton of time. I mean, if there's conversation to be had, we will. But um, I, I don't think we're gonna sit here and start citing yeah. people's war if, or anything. Yeah, if we start, yeah, it's funny. I was just gonna say war, but if we start start talking about OBPS and O O O J plus someone enough. That's, that's another story. ODB. If we start talking about ODB, then we'll probably have to cut it off. All right. I'm, I'm going to read the names and, and you go, man. Jeff Bagwell. Uh, here we go. <laughs> uh, right off the bat, uh, no. Come on, man. Put Bagwell uh, in. I said yes. I say yes. Uh, yeah, you, you say yes. You know, it, it might it might change with with their, with Sela uh, getting the nod for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Bagwell, you know, because I felt that there were certain things that stopped them from being there. Um, you know, he might, he might be a yes. He's going to no, get no, in this no, year regardless. This year, no, this get, year, but next year, if, if he's still in the ballot, which I don't think he will be, uh, he, he'll be a definite, definite yes for me next year. How about K- that? Casey Blake. No, I like Casey Blake though. N- nice little third baseman, you know, first baseman, third baseman spot, uh, bigger star in fantasy, uh, not, not a star in baseball. He sounds like he'd be a, uh, somebody's announcer more than. Yeah. Casey Blake. He sounds, yeah. yeah, he sounds like, he sounds like a, like a, a, a defenseman for like the. Boston Bruins or something, you know, Casey Blake. Barry Bonds. Uh, yes. I'm yes on uh, Bonds, too. I, and I, I, it's all because of Selig. You know, Selig gets in. Uh, I think Bonds get in. Uh, you know, I, I wrote, you know, there's, there's another guy that we're going to talk about later on, but you kind of said that this guy was an all-star uh, before he started taking the roids. I, did, I might have said yes last year, I think. Um, I, don't, I don't remember what you I, said last year. But I don't, think that's, I don't think that's the argument. I mean, I think, you know, if you're going to put – if you're going to put someone as idiotic as Seligan, then hey, Barry's right, right behind him. Pat Burrell. No, no, no. But fun guy. Fun guy. Yeah. Fun guy. Good, fun good, guy. good fantasy player for about two years. Very <laughs> frustrating fantasy player for 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 ten years. Good fantasy player for two years. He was he was the machine, right? That was him. He was the one. Yeah, he, he was yeah. he was a guy that you would you would you would draft high on, and then he would hit he would hit like. 10 home runs, you're like, man, screw that guy. And then some guy would pick high on him and everybody start laughing and then he hits 50 home runs. Good old Pat Burrell, yeah. Just for that, no. No, but I mean, he was the guy. I remember when, when Brian Wilson had that guy, the machine, that uh, was dressed oh, yeah. in like, um, yes. yeah, he was the machine. Okay. Pat, Pat Burrell was the machine. So. I, I'm not a big Giants fan, man, can, so I apologize. I, I, but I, I do, that's I do more of a viral internet thing than a Giants thing. Yeah, I'm not a big internet fan. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando Cabrera. Uh, who? Orlando Cabrera. Uh, I would like to say yes, but no. No, Mike very, Cameron, very good, very good, very good player, but not a Hall of Fame player. Mike Cameron, no, overhyped, way overhyped. 
I'm gonna and, and yeah, am I, am I gonna start talking about war? Okay, Mike Cameron's career war though is a lot higher than than you expect it was. Like I, I was like, damn man, his career war is forty six point five, which I, I mean, ranks pretty high. Like Sammy Sosa is fifty eight point four. Um, Vlad is fifty nine. I mean, it's pretty close. I'm not. I, I say I say no on him, but like when I looked at it, I'm like, hey, he's better than I thought. Yeah, so you have you have the numbers test, but then you have the eye test too, right? Yeah. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero and and Mike Cameron, two totally different players. I'm, I'm just saying it's so closer closer than saying. I thought. Closer than I thought. I um, mean, you know, listen, he was he was a steady 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 player. You know, twenty home runs is just, but just not steady enough, dude. I don't know. His kid's gonna he, be he, good. His kid, yeah, his kid plays for the Astros. Well, you know, maybe his kid will be like a Ken Griffey Jr. And then you know, I'd have yeah. to deal with another dork I don't want to <laughs> <hear with> anymore. <laughs> Roger Clemens. Yes. Yeah. And and this is and so here's the thing like so you wrote Roger Clemens saying that you know he was a Hall of Famer before um everything. Um I I I don't necessarily necessarily buy into that. I think it's more for me it's Selig. You know, if Selig's in, these guys should be in. Uh, you know, Clemens Clemens before Clemens pre Roy's was was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. you can't get any better than that and then you know he just was able to linger on more but yeah, I mean I, I was I was a holdout for both those guys last year because of the whole kind of service thing but I say it's time to let him in, dude. If you're gonna let these guys in, you should let Pete Rose in too. So there we go. That's a whole. I don't even want to get into that argument. We're not gonna get into that, but I'm just saying. JD Drew. No. Oh God, I hate JD. I Drew. say all, no. all the Drews. Let's just let's just call it out. All the Drews. None of y'all. None of y'all are allowed. No. So no, JD Drew. That's not the. Uh, I was thinking of JT Snow. I hate JT Snow. No. JD Drew was JD Drew was okay, but no. He was no, never he was, no. he was never as good as he was supposed to be though. Yeah, exactly. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Guillen. Oh, Carlos Guillen. Uh, has, a, has a great throw. That one has that one really famous throw. But no, come on. No. No, no, no. no. Not, not even close. Yeah. Are right, you ready? Uh-huh. It's a big one. Vladimir Guerrero. That's uh, your boy. Well, actually, actually, so, I mean, he's my boy. I actually want, I want to boy. hear what you have to say. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm yes all the way. I don't think he has the longevity or the numbers but in terms of dominant players of his time um he's i think he's kind of like a jim rice vote right i mean jim rice doesn't have the numbers but he was a very dominant player for a long time uh, vladimir Guerrero, i think changed i mean he changed he didn't change anything but um you know yet jose canseco do like 40 40 i mean vladimir Guerrero was a 40 40 candidate for a long time but it was he was actually like athletic doing it right so um you know, just a prototypical arm in the outfield, a great hitter, junk ball hitter. Uh, you know, people always talk about Pablo Sandoval hitting anything. Uh, you know, Vladimir was, was a way better hitter than Pablo Sandoval was. I mean, I'm, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, Bad News Ramen loves, like Ichiro and Vlad are like his, That's those, it. Are, yeah. those are his dudes, man. Um, and Roberto Clemente. Uh, I'm yes on Vlad, even though you, you pretty much summed it up. I mean, Vlad is, 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 he's one of those guys, like kind of the opposite of what I said with Mike Cameron. Like you go look at the numbers and you're like, oh, you weren't as good as, as uh, I remember you being. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I think that, you know, you can, you can go back and look at war and, and say, well, you know, again, eye test says this and, and impact says this. And, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with, you know, also having the idea that this is the, this is the memory the player left. And, um, you know, Vlad, Vlad is remembered as a, as a entertaining player. He's fun. He was great. Um, it, so it's not just like he was, you know, Bartolo Colon or, or, or one of these guys who we kind of laugh at, like he was, he was really good and, you know, he was someone that everybody loved. So I think that, um, for that reason, I, I say yes, even though it's not, you know, if, if I, I'll put it this way though, like if, if it was like a, a 10 person limit, like if I was really voting and, and I had like 11 guys, like Vlad would be one that I would consider, you know, not necessarily doing the first year if, if there's someone better, because I think his, you know, he deserved it, but his case isn't, you know, to the moon. So there you go. I mean, he, he needed, he needed about two, he probably needed two more years. I mean, I mean, if you look at, if you look at his production, uh, I, I know he got hurt. He, I think he got hurt a couple of years and even to the point where I think he got hurt before he became a free agent, maybe, and, and my history might be wrong. And then he had that monster year for uh, Anaheim. And that was actually a down year for him. I remember going like, yeah, this isn't, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've seen a lot better years for this guy. Um, he, I think he's like one of the, you know, it's funny. And, and this isn't the reason why I like him. I liked him. I remember when I was 16 years old or 17 years old, and I, I read a scouting report on Vladimir Guerrero. And I don't know what it was. It was in Sports Illustrated. And I was just like, dude, I'm like, okay, this is a guy to watch. And then um, when, we, when we started playing fantasy baseball, 
uh, he was like probably one of the first players that was like, okay, not only is he like a great player, like in real life, but fantasy wise, he takes care of everything. Um, and that's what I, what I liked him even more, but just watching that guy play. I mean, and I mean, I think everybody should take a look at like his, his numbers through the seasons and they'll be pretty blown away about what this guy was able to do. Trevor Hoffman. Um, so this is the one that I, I said yes last year. I, I'm, I'm going to say yes this year. Uh, I mean, I think closers, I mean, he's one of those closers. He's in the uh, upper echelon of closers. I think you have yeah. Mariano Rivera and then you have everybody else, but he's, he's definitely, you know, so Mariano, Mariano Rivera's top tier. Uh, everybody else is top tier one, a, and he's definitely uh, top tier one. A. Yeah. I'm, I'm yes on Hoffman. I think, I think you could make some arguments against him, but for the most part, I'm, I'm yes. Uh, Jeff Kent. No. Nah, no way. Sorry, Jeff Kent. He's good, but, you know. Hollow, very good. Uh, Derek Lee. Uh, I want to say no, but, yeah, yeah I'm going to say no, but, I mean, here's here's the thing. Jeff Kent's a solid player. Derek Lee was a solid player as well. I mean, just very strong players, but, you know, the whole means something, and, and both those guys don't belong there. I mean, nice to nice to get on the ballot, guys, you know. I yeah. Mean, Edgar Martinez. Edgar Martinez, here we go again, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's a, it's 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 a no-brainer. He, he should yeah. he should get in. If 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 you have other if you have other DHs in, uh, Edgar Martinez is the best hitting DH out of out of any of those guys that are in the hall right now. I'm I'm yes on Edgar, and I feel like you can't. I I, I you they've let in other people who have spent a lot of time as a DH, like Frank Thomas. Um, and, and who wasn't, you know, spectacular in the field when he did play in the field. So I think that, you know, that's not a reason to keep out someone like Edgar that, that he didn't play the field. So I'm, I'm yes. Uh, Fred McGriff. Oh, here we go. Crime dog. Uh, yeah, uh, I think he, he, he's another guy. So as much as I said about, like, like you know, like Vlad, his, his value, you know, is was a lot more on the field. Um, I, I think, I think crime dog, I mean, I, this guy carried pennant races for a lot of teams for Toronto, for Atlanta. Um, his numbers, his numbers are good, but they're not there. Like in terms of, Oh yeah. You know, like this is hall, but I, the guy was such an impact on the field. And I think people forget that. And I think the, you know, the hall is one way to kind of acknowledge that he doesn't have the numbers, but, um, I would vote for him in a second. He, I think he, he's not going to get in, um, but I don't think he's necessarily like bad to vote for. I, I I'm a no, but if you, but if you voted for him, I wouldn't be like, oh man, like you're stupid. Yeah, you know? I mean, but you were, I mean, you were watching baseball like in the when when Atlanta made their run. And, yeah, and no, he was, like, he was good. I mean, he, who who was who was a, I mean, the, when this guy, I mean, okay, just just agree with me that he would go on like three or four week stretches where like every other day he's hitting a home run during like a major pennant race. I mean, I, probably the best pennant race I've ever seen was Boston and Toronto and. And I was rooting for Boston at that time because I was stupid. Uh, but, I mean, this guy, I mean, every game he's getting like a home run. I was like, God, who the heck is this Fred McGriff? And I watch him play, you know, I got to watch him play with the Braves and the rest is history. So I, I, don't I generally don't, you know, buy into like you got to be a, you know, 500 homer or 3,000 hit type person to get into the Hall of Fame. But I do think someone like Fred McGriff, if he had, if he had gotten 500 homers, he's at, um, he finished at 493, so he was seven off. Yeah, come on. If, if he would have had 500 and just all the hoopla that goes with it, you know, all the sort of the public relations stuff, like like it might have cemented more in people's heads, like how good he was. So I, I'm not going to say that, but I'm just, like I guess the image you're left with him was like, oh yeah, he's a good player, man, great, you know. But I'm just not not all the hey, way there. Nobody could rock a uh, a snapback hat like him with, with that one commercial. You know, it was, like, <laughs> it was like one of those one of those foamy blue hats, and like no logo on them. I mean, yeah, the, he, he, just the, for that, just Tom, for that. Uh, the baseball drills, Tom was Tom Bonansky. Tom, yeah, uh, and he's like whatever. pointing at you with yeah. the bat. You're like, sure, Fred, whatever you say, bro. <laughs> he he is first ballot Hall of Famer baseball commercial guy. There you go, for real. Yeah, for real. Um, who's next? Where were we? Melvin Mora. Melvin Mora, no, no, no. Mike Mussina. Uh, no, no, I, you know Mussina, huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, good good pitcher, but just uh, you know. He had, he had a long career. Good pitcher. I just he just never. I think he's a great pitcher, and plus he pitched for the Yankees. Blah 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 blah. But this is where my my homerism doesn't come out. I just I just don't think he has the numbers. I'm yes on I'm yes on Messina. Uh, I think that it, it, I read something recently about how hard it is for starting pitchers these days. Like how how high the the bar has been raised by like Pedro and and Randy Johnson. And if you're not that good, somehow you're not a Hall of Famer now. And it's like I mean, come on, man. Like th- those are. 
generational type guys. I think I think Messina. Well, I think Messina is good enough. Okay, would you rather have Burt Blylevin or Mike Messina? I, I don't know. I'm probably Messina, man. I, but again, yeah. I'm, I'm young enough that I didn't. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how great Burt Blylevin was. But so so maybe if if I do that test and maybe I change my mind, maybe I say yes to Mike Messina. But, like, yeah, uh, I mean, because if Burt Blylevin's in. Uh, this guy, you know, not getting as much love. He's a solid player. Maglio Ordonez. I like Maglio, dude. I, I'm not, he's he's one. I think he's one of those little guys. All, uh, dominant hitter. Um, he had like a four or five year run. Uh, that's tough. Maglio's tough. Um, I'm, I'm not saying yes on Maglio. I'm just more yeah. like he's just not getting. He's yeah, not getting you know like any love. You know what happened with Maglio? Maglio was having this one year and he got hurt. I mean, but he was having like a monster year. And I remember, I think he got, he could like the last two months of the season, they, they came out. It's kind of like the whole like Chase Utley thing. You know, he's like Chase Utley to me. You know, like Utley is always kind of a thing. It's like, man, if he didn't get hurt, you know, if, you know, if this happened, Maglio was kind of that way with me because I remember he's just having this crazy season. He had two or three years where he, where he was doing stuff that nobody else was doing. I just don't think, I don't think it's enough for the Hall. But great player though. Um, Jorge you're saying, you're Posada. Saying, this, you're saying you're saying no on Maglio. Yeah, right? I'm saying no on Maglio. I'm just yeah. saying like he's not getting like I don't feel like he's getting any love at all. Um, Jorge Posada is an interesting one because yeah. I think it was pretty divisive. Like when we did our little polls on Facebook, he like people were like all about him, and I'm like, eh, but I, I want to know what you think because you're you know de- dedicated to that to that NY man. I think I think Posada. To tell you, I think Posada was overrated a little bit. I mean, and hear me out. I think the reason why he was overrated was because I think this is where fantasy sports comes into play, um, where Jorge Posada was was a very dominant pitcher in fantasy baseball just because he played every day and he could DH. And I remember everybody wanted Jorge Posada. Um, on the, on the reality side, I mean, he you know he's he's part of Jeter, Mariano, you know, and Posada. You know, he's part of that those three guys. And I think there's a fourth guy I'm probably missing right now. Um, no, it's those three guys. I mean, they came up together. So he's kind of that whole Yankees mystique. Um, but he, here's the thing. It's like, okay, if you're going to have like catchers in there, you know, like Campanella, um, even like Yogi Berra, Johnny Bench, he, he's in, he's not in the league. I, I would say no, though. I would say no. We're going to, we'll, we'll get to another catching one in a minute, but uh, we got a couple of others. Tim Raines. Yes. I'm yes on Raines. Uh, this is a good one too. Manny. Manny Ramirez. Uh, um, yeah, you know what? I mean, here's the thing. I mean, if it's the same thing with Bonds, right? I mean, if you're going to put Bonds and Clemens in, Manny Ramirez deserves to be in the hall. Manny, and Manny, I mean, you look at, you know, what he did in Cleveland, and then especially like his first couple of years in Boston. I mean, and then his whole Boston run instead of probably like the last like year and a half. Manny was Manny was the, he was a stud. Just five hundred fifty-five homers. Yeah. The thing that yeah. impresses me about Manny, because you don't necessarily think about him for this. Uh, 312 career batting average and 411 career on base percentage. That that's oh, really really good. Oh, I, th- I think about that all the time. <laughs> here's, 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 I'm being serious, dude. I mean, my, my whole thing is like, like oh I'm, man, Manny's on base percentage, so good. No, no, I'm being serious. Like my outfield, the reason why I used to win all the time in fantasy baseball is I had Ichiro, Vladimir, and Manny Ramirez, best outfield ever 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 assembled. And I had that for three or four years, and I I won like three or four titles. So I, I know exactly when you. I'm not being. I'm not joking. I, I he had high batting average. High on base percentage, and then his OPS. Forget it. He's a great player. Yeah, I'm 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 no on Manny right now. Uh, but the, to me, the difference is, and I know people don't agree with this necessarily, but um, you know he does have the suspensions and and the, the failed tests and all that stuff that, that Bonds and Clemens don't have. So I I, I kind of want to see how how those kind of things shake out before I figure out where I am on Manny. But right now, I'm no on Manny. And I think that that that's going to get more interesting because pretty soon we're going to have to deal with a rod and yeah, you know all that. But I'm no on Manny right now. I I, to, I totally disagree, but I I can see where you're coming from. But you know Barry Bonds and to me Barry Bonds, Roddy Clemens, a rod, Manny Ramirez, anybody that's suspended, they're all on the same boat, and they're all on the same boat with with Bud Selig being the captain. So there I am. <laughs> Edgar Renteria. No, good good player though. Yeah. But no. Arthur Rhodes. Arthur Rhodes. That guy played forever, man. Come yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a good setup man before. He was a good setup man before he became a, a closer. Um, nah, I don't, no. I don't think so, dude. No. Yeah, I'm with you. No. No. Uh, Pudge Rodriguez. <sighs> Great. 
No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> I, oh, know, that's surprising not, to me. I'm just not a big Pudge fan, dude. I, I mean, it's you know, I don't know. Well, if I'm gonna say, if I'm gonna say, let let, let all the Reuters in and all that stuff, go ahead. You know what? Yes. And I, probably the reason why is because of the Marlins or whatever, right? Like he won, he won a title with the Marlins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's yeah. not I'll, even I'll a, he's not even I'll, a proven. I'll give it to him. He's not even a proven steroids man. That's just Conseco said that. I'm yes on Pudge, man. He, I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, you know, all the All Star games, all the Gold Gloves, won yeah. an MVP. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Freddie Sanchez. Freddie Sanchez, no. Freddie thought, Sanchez. That that's just a guy that uh, could have been a really good player. I feel like that guy was still trying to make a comeback. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurt Freddie Sanchez. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling, your boy. Your, your boy. Uh, your soulmate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I think he's in. Uh, I mean, to me, he's kind of like a, hear, hear me out now. He's, he's like a Whitey Ford, you know, like everybody, you know, and Whitey Ford's a great pitcher, but I mean, everybody remembers Whitey Ford for his, uh, his world series appearances and everything like that. I, I think Kurt Schilling's in the same book and, uh, you know, no, no better big, big game pitcher than Kurt Schilling. Everybody thinks I hate Kurt Schilling, but I'm yes on Kurt Schilling for the hall of fame. I'm, I know. I, I said, I said he's your boy. I, I'm, I'm no on Kurt Schilling and social media, but yes. on yes for the hall of fame. Yeah, uh, Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield. Here we go again. Um, huh? So here's here's the funny thing with Gary Sheffield. I, the thing that the thing that made me mad about Vladimir Guerrero was that when they were trying for Gary, when the Yankees were going to sign Gary Sheffield, like this is what really made me mad about Steinbrenner. Uh, Sheffield was kind of was kind of holding back and wanted more money and stuff. And Steinbrenner goes, "Well, what about this Vladimir Guerrero kid?" And I'm going like, "Well, if this guy was on your radar, why are you going over, over to Gary Sheffield over Vladimir Guerrero?" But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, Sheffield, I, th- I think, so here's the thing, like, I think he's a lot like Fred McGriff, where, where I would say yes with Fred McGriff, I would say no with Gary Sheffield, even though, even though the same thing, like really good hitter, really, really good player, but he just, uh, to me, McGriff has the it factor, Sheffield never did. Sheffield has a lot of, this is a lot of numbers more than, than his votes reflect. I, I think that when you compare Vlad and Sheffield, they're actually not that They're not that far. Not that far off. Yeah, Sheffield has Sheffield has the PED stuff, and and one of the big differences is this: people love Vlad, people don't really like Sheffield to some degree, or at least when he's a player, like he kind of had that reputation of being kind of an a hole. Yeah. So, again, I think that factors in a little bit, but I mean, I don't know. Last year he got he should have he should have never let his wife sing like Whitney Houston during that interview on ESPN. (laughs) To me, that sealed the deal. I mean, you look look that up if you can find it. I mean, this she thought she was Whitney Houston on a stick, dude. I was like, what the heck is this? He got he got only got eleven percent last year, which uh, he he, he'll probably get nine percent this year. Uh, Last year on the ballot for him, Lee Smith. Lee Smith, I like Lee Smith. Uh, Nah, to me, he's like a thick pen. You know, same thing. Bobby Thigpen, Lee Smith, kind of the same thing. I I want to say it's Lee Smith, but this year I'm saying no. I go I go no on Lee Smith. Although you know, he, at one point he was the all-time saves leader, but yeah, I think I think the position has has morphed into something else, and it was good, but not immortal. He was I mean he, he was a he was a product of a machine, right? Like he didn't you know it, it his saves were like the three run or four run save. He never came in and closed people out. You know he wasn't a closer. He was a save guy. Yeah. He was like Jeff Jeff Reardon. Or or uh, bedrock from uh, the Giants, <laughs> Bedrosian. God, that guy sucked. Okay, <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa is a no. Uh, I don't. Jeez, dude. I I mean that this is tough, right? Here I'm saying yes to Brady Bonds and. I see. I'm I'm with you on that because I think there's a difference. I think that that Sosa. I mean, for one, like his overall numbers just aren't as good as all the rest of those guys. He's like McGuire. Like his numbers yeah. just aren't there overall. And and if, if we compare him to McGuire, then yeah. I, Go ahead, but I'm sorry. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I'm no on Sosa because, you know, there, there's a lot of other stuff beyond like he hit all those home runs that one year. Like, yeah, that's fine. That's not what it's about, though. Um, you know, I mean, again, I, I'm gonna go to war again, right? But if, but if you're saying Bond should be in, and then Sosa should be in, okay. The difference in career war, Bond's career war is 162. Sammy Sosa's is 58. So they're they're not the same player. So saying because Bond because you say yes on Bond, you say yes on Sheffield is a is a really bad argument for anybody who's saying that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think the I think you look at Sammy Sosa like you do with uh, Mark McGuire, same yeah. same type of player. Um, and I I don't think either one of them gets in. And yeah. I, I I would vote no for McGuire, and you know Sosa I vote no for. 
So thank you. Thank you, because I was, I was in the conundrum, and you helped me out. Matt Stairs. Matt Stairs. No. Nope. Matt, yeah. Big, big. Uh, uh, he, he once sat on the guy in a fight, and I thought that was great, but no. <laughs> Jason Veritek. Uh, Veritek. No. No. Billy Wagner. Tough one there. You, you, you know Veritek, uh, you know where, where he came from? You know where he, where he, he lived and stuff? No. You know how he, he lived in, uh, I think it was uh, Salem, Oregon. I think he was from Salem. Oh, well, the reason I know that is because I used to work at a paper in Salem, Oregon. And I visited you once. Back. I visited you once there. Yeah. You knocked my cats out, too. <laughs> Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner. Um, I think I was close to saying yes to him last, last year, but I think I said no. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a no. He's, he's close, but he's a no. Uh, this is a good one, too. This is, there's a lot of good arguments he had here. Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Um, I think he falls in that same category of... I think he falls in the same category as, as, as McGriff and Sheffield. I think he's the, you know, but with him, it was injuries. Um, uh, I like Larry Walker, dude, but I, I would say no. I like him. I think people hold, you know, Colorado against him. Like it's like it's his own personal PED or something. But um, yeah, but the, the way, I mean, the, but the guy got hits though. I mean, that's like the whole thing. It wasn't like, the, it wasn't like he was like uh, that, the third baseman, the big cat or whatever it was, or on, he wasn't like he was Andres Galarraga, right? I mean, it's like, the guy, like, I mean, he he had high hit numbers. I, I like guys that, that get like 200 hits or 180 to 220 hits a season. He's another guy who, for his career, is 300 batting average, 400 OPS, 500 slugging. I mean, that's that's yeah. good. Um, his his WAR is high, but he he's still kind of on the fence. I mean, doesn't have doesn't have the huge home run numbers, doesn't have the huge RBI numbers. Um, I'm I'm no, but I think that like his, I think the fact that he got 15 percent last year is is. Like I'm, I feel bad for him on that. Like I think he's better than a fifteen percent guy, but I'm no. Yeah. Uh, last one. Oh, here we go. Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield. No. Yeah, I'm no on Wakefield. I think so, is there any, is there any knuckleball? There's only like a couple knuckleballers in the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, I mean, what is Necro in? Yeah, Necro. Yeah, both. There's two. There's the brothers Necro are in, right? Aren't there two? Two of them? Yeah, there's two of them. I don't know if both of them. Yeah. Are in. I think both of them are in. Yeah. Let me let me yeah, let me no. type in my computer real quick. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think Wakefield d- deserves a, a deserves a, a look just because uh, you know <laughs> he gave that thing up to Aaron Boone like crazy, dude. <laughs> and I, I remember, oh, uh, I Joe, remember our, Joe, let's see if Joe's in. They're both in. Phil and Joe are in. I bet you uh, are they. Phil is in. I don't think Joe is in. Uh, my my internet search tells me that uh, Joe Necro is in the. Uh, Texas Baseball Hall of Fame. There we so. go. That, that, that counts for something. <laughs> he's in he's in A Hall of Fame. Uh, I know Phil is in. Well, Sammy Sosa's in the A Hole Hall of Fame. There we go. <laughs> Bad news, Robin. This has been fun. It lasted way longer than I expected, but whatever. It's a good talk. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week on the Stew Pod, man. Hope that uh, everything goes well with you until then. All right. Sounds good. Same with you. Later. Bye. We are back on the stew pod on Yahoo Sports, Mike Oz and Chris Swick. And uh, Chris, we've been doing all these Hall of Fame things, and I just talked to Bad and Drama for a while about the Hall of Fame. I, I know you've, you've been especially interested in, in one case, and I think last week we talked about which was like the most interesting. Has, has this one become your most interesting Hall of Fame case now? I think so. I think Manny Ramirez is the most interesting name on there. And I think, in my mind, it's mainly because uh, we've seen people go in an opposite direction with guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens this year. Uh, they've seen their vote totals rise. And a lot of people are, um, I guess, have put that on Bud Selig getting into the Hall of Fame. That's kind of been the reason for their uh, willingness to maybe disregard a lot of the steroid suspicions with those guys and vote for them. And I feel like with Manny, you have a very similar situation with obviously one big exception, and that's the fact that he actually failed two tests. Yes. And so we're seeing this kind of strange situation, at least in my mind it's weird, where certain people will vote for Bonds and Clemens, but then they're drawing the line at Manny because of the the positive tests. And I, I don't know, I guess 
I feel like my take is is maybe uh, unusual. So I guess I wanted to kind of get your your response to that first. Um, so I'm 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 one of the people who I think I like I think I was vilified in the comments for my my take on Manny. Um, I think that people have a problem with with my opinion on this one. There are some people I've seen, but I I feel like there's a there's a difference between the guys who have failed tests and been suspended and guys who have not failed tests and been suspended. And so you're willing to draw the line there? I am for the time being. Um, I, I guess I feel like that's sort of a there's, – there's a, there's, a, there's a line there. Um, I'm not saying that I'm never going to say yes on Manny. I'm just saying that like right now as I see it, I'm willing to go yes on those guys. And – I mean, there's probably a time when I would have told you no on bonds, you know, but I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm yes on bonds. Um, the right. More the more I thought about it, the more I've, you know, kind of got into these arguments and, and, you know, writing about this stuff year after year versus when I was just like not writing about baseball for a living and, and just sort of a baseball fan. Like, you know, your opinion changes when you, I think, read more stuff and, and consider it more. And, and, you know, when your job is to sit around and think about like, you know, if these people should get in, like, you know, it kind of changes. So um, I think that I think you can evolve. I don't think you have to say like, "What is your knee jerk reaction?" Okay, you can never change that for the next. <laughs> right, years. right. Um, and so I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I didn't write it, but to me, I, I guess it's kind of like if you let's say you're applying for a job, right, and they want to do a background check on you, and you know you have like a speeding ticket in, in your in your background, like they're gonna be like, "Oh, you got you, know, you got these tickets," and blah blah blah, and uh, you know, I think we all probably speed from time to time. Not everyone gets a ticket. And I think it's not an exact comparison here, but I mean, you know, there, there are people in baseball who cheat and probably don't get caught. And there are people in baseball who cheated and have gotten caught. And there are people in baseball who, you know, we don't know whether they cheated or not. And there's all these kind of gray areas. So I, I think speeding is kind of a good example, right? Like, like well, you got caught, man. That's on your record. Uh, you didn't get caught? Well, you know, I, I guess good for you, I guess. But um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a valid comparison. I don't know if I if I um, explained it properly. We're at the end of the podcast, so maybe. Well, okay. So you, I, you see what I'm saying, Chris? I see what you're saying, but this is the way I look at it. Uh, Bonds and Clemens, I, I believe, did the same thing, right? I mean, they didn't fail a test. There's evidence that they may have used, and so. If I believe that they use performance-enhancing drugs and I'm still willing to vote for them, it feels hypocritical to me to exclude Manny because he did the exact same thing, even though he got caught. And I understand that argument that, oh, well, there was testing in place and Manny got caught and that's why I'm not going to vote for him. But to me, I just don't feel like I can say yes on those guys and then no on Manny. And it also, there's some forward thinking in my mind, too, because in five years, probably, A-Rod is going to become eligible. And I just can't imagine having a Hall of Fame without him in it. And so just kind of knowing that if I had a vote, I would, I would vote yes on A-Rod, uh, even though he's been suspended for steroids. And I guess with him, again, the thing is, well, he never failed a test, but he was suspended and he admitted using. Um, I just, I can't. I don't think that there should be a baseball Hall of Fame without him. He was the best see, player of his era. I see where you're coming from. I'm not not the A-Rod stuff, just on the on the other part of it. Um, but I, I guess I, I see that as the, the you're the opposite end of the people who say, "Well, how can I vote for Bagwell? I don't know if he didn't cheat." You know, I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Like you're you're having to take it into your own. Is it? It's my opinion that these guys cheated or didn't. Whereas, like, I guess I'm drawing the line at like, all right. You have failed the test. That that proves to me that you cheated. And I can believe that Barry Bonds or Roger Cummings took something and whatever. But at the same time, like, if we're just talking about facts here, has it been proven that they've done that? Yeah, but no. here's here's my problem with that, though. It, it just seems, like, awfully convenient for, for people, for you to, to be like, well, I... I'm comfortable voting in guys who I'm pretty sure did steroids, but I'm going to draw the line here. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like a, a convenient way to take a stand and say that steroids are negative 
I see. I don't, but all, I don't, I don't but think also I'm, let Bonds and Clemens in. I, I don't. I mean, I can. I guess I can see that argument too. But I'm. I'm looking at it from like, what facts do I have in front of me? You know, versus it, what inferences do I have to make? Yeah, but you, I mean, you have like you what have proof, those grand jury testimonies. You know, like they didn't fail tests, but come on. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Come on. I don't again. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying it. It 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 makes it it makes it easier to to you know distinguish different eras of the game, different rules. You know, because I don't know. I, I think one of the one of the biggest things and one of the things that that turns me off the most about the Hall of Fame is you know the fact that we're comparing all these different things and 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 different rules and people have to infer you know what this means or what that means. And like I understand why some people don't vote, and I'm not even—I mean, I'm not even in the BBWA, and I understand like people are like, ah, oh, forget this. So I guess yeah. for me, I feel like that the best—the best thing I can do is be like, all right, well, what were the, like, what, what are the, what are the rules? Uh, what, what are, how did, how did they function within the rules of the game at that time? Okay, you broke the rules of the game. Um, and as much as you want to tell me that, you know, my my take sounds like a way to keep. Um, to to take a stand while also letting these guys in, I mean, I feel like your take is a way of letting people in, but also like kind of leaving a path for a Rod to get in because you want a Rod in. So you're well, cherry think, picking a little bit too. I my the 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 whole a Rod argument is just that I I think it's silly that the one of the best players of his era is would would not be elected to the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's the same with Bonds, really. I mean, it, it's silly to me that he's not in because how can you have a Hall of Fame when the best player from, you know, the 90s and early 2000s is not in there? So Okay, so it, Manny Ramirez then. Right. What <laughs> what, do, what do you say? But, but if you're saying that, if you're saying Bonds should be in because he's the greatest player of his era, A-Rod should, like, we're, we're talking about Manny Ramirez. So you're basically using Manny Ramirez as a mule to get A-Rod in? Well, no, I'm saying because there are there are going to be people who aren't going to vote for A Rod because he admitted use, right? Yeah. And I I don't know. I guess I guess what I'm I'm hoping for consistency. So like, if people aren't going to vote for Manny because he tested positive, but then they find some convenient way to vote A Rod in because he was great, or if they lean on the well, he was a Hall of Famer before he used. I, I just hate that argument too. And I feel like with, with my point of view, at least I'm being consistent. I'm opening it up to all these guys, whether they fail the test or not. I understand that people are not going to like that. And, you know, in, in a lot of minds of people, if you fail a test, you shouldn't be considered for the Hall of Fame. But that, that was the best way that I could come up with a consistent method. I, I'm, not, I'm not drawing the line or, or trying to conveniently put certain guys in. I think this is the most uh, we've argued on the podcast, maybe. Well, uh, I'm right. You're wrong. And uh, <laughs> so the Hall of Fame does to you, man. Yeah, for for real. But it's not, and it's not like, uh, it's not like a hateful thing. Like I, I don't think I don't hate you because you have a different opinion. I mean, I was trying to think of a good uh, analogy. I, I for actually this do yesterday. hate you because you have different. Well, opinion, yeah, but I was trying to think of like a good analogy for this yesterday, and here's what I came up with. You can tell me if it works or not. Maybe it doesn't. But if I just if I handed you like uh, ten books and I just said, "Here's a bookshelf. Organize these books." Uh, the way that like you could organize them any way you saw fit. If you decided to do it by author name, like you could do it by author name, or you could do it by uh, topic. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways to to do it. Is what I'm trying to say. And just because you're gonna do it the way or a different way than I am gonna do it. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. You know, in the end, the task is getting done. All right. So there um, you go. I yeah. I don't know. That we're gonna. We're we're necessarily gonna agree on uh, the methodology at this point. And and I've admitted that that mine might change as we go on. Um, I do think that that Bonds and Clemens should be in. And I think if they get in, maybe that's sort of a a way to kind of come back and, and reconsider things. But for now, that's how I'm rolling, man. Fair enough. You're, you're wrong, <laughs> but it's fine. 
Uh, thank you guys for rolling through the podcast. This is probably a longer, longer than usual, but I, I think we've had a lot of good stuff on it. Um, Chris, tell the people what they should do if they if they like it, or um, I mean, hopefully you like it. You can, I guess, you can say mean things to us, but please don't. Yeah, if you've if you've made it this long, you might as well rate and review us in iTunes. It's pretty easy to do. You just type in StuPod in the little search bar. Hopefully, you'll give us five stars. Maybe leave us a comment. We Eighteen stars, please. Eighteen yes. stars. And we would appreciate it. Yeah. All right. I think uh, we're out of here. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back uh, next week, I'm sure. Heck, we might do two next week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's been the Stew Pod. I'm Mike Oz. That's Chris Swick. See you later. Bye.